folks, to an episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan, he is Mac. Howdy! And for this lovely episode, it is a my selection of a movie. For this wonderful podcast that, uh, Mac, we look at various pieces of art. We do. And we try to a deep fart? dive. Uh, excuse me? Did you say a fart? No. Oh, sorry. I'm liking this Mr. Rogers tone we got going. I mean, but that was also very, like, Freudian, like, your mind. It was your mind that told you You think it was that. mine? Yes. I think it was a vart that I heard. And I said, sorry. We do a deep dive, and uh, mm-hmm. we try to better ourselves as artists. We and do. try to get a uh, deeper vocabulary and understanding Just into like that. what they do. And this time, I selected a movie that came out in 2008, uh, directed by John Woo. Starring Tony Leung and Takeshi Kaneshiro, and it is a movie titled Red Cliff. Um, there's a specific reason, Mac, why mm. I chose this movie. To tell. And that is... <laughs> Pray tell. And that is because, so, a while back, we reviewed the movie Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors, it's a little bit convoluted, is based off of a video game. In turn, that video game is based off of a novel based off of historical events. After the fall of the Han Empire in China, and that's early 200s, Mm -hmm. I believe, AD, there is a period of time where the land was essentially split into three kingdoms, and hence it's called the Three Kingdoms Period. A few centuries later, there is a novelist by the name of Luo Guanzhong, and he retells and also romanticizes the events of the Three Kingdoms period and aptly calls it Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Millennia later, there is a company in Japan and they make a series of video games based off of this novel, which is called Dynasty Warriors. And then eventually, hence the movie Dynasty Warriors came out in 2020. Now, what's interesting about Red Cliff is that uh, the best way I can describe it. So for Red Cliff, it's cutting out the middleman. So instead of Red Cliff being based, based off, off of, of Dynasty, Warriors. Dynasty Warriors, Red Cliff is actually just basing itself off of Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I see. Which okay. is based off of the historical events. Because Dynasty Warriors, I, I, from what I remember, Dynasty Warriors is a lot more like ridiculous superpowers. Yes. Because that is, that is being based off of the video game series. Right, right, right. Where even though, kind of, that Red Cliff is a continuation of the story that is told at Dynasty Warriors. Sure. And what I mean by saying that is that, like, I mean, I think the events in Dynasty Warriors took place in, like, 180, 190 AD. And I think the events of Red Cliff took place in, like, 210, 220. Um, so... And they use, you know, the same quote-unquote characters, right? Like Dynasty Warriors, the movie, and Red Cliff has Liu Bei. It has Cao Cao. You see for a second, you know, for a cup of coffee in Dynasty Warriors, and then as a prominent character in in Red Cliff, there's Sun Quan, who is um, the the clan leader, the leader of the uh, Southlands, as they call it, uh, who becomes, uh, you know, it's it's a whole bunch of jargon (laughs) that I'm not going to shove down your throat. (laughs) But the point is, the point is, what why I was so interested in this movie was because it it's still using the same characters, and it's basically like this is still in their lives, and this yeah. just happens later on. But it's sure. in, in in of course many different facets and in many different ways. This is somebody else's storytelling interpretation 
of these events. And what makes it doubly interesting is what John Woo brings into the table in terms of the storytelling and what he changes for the story to make it a more palatable experience as a movie. And what primarily happens in Red Cliff is that Liu Bei and Sun Quan, they unite forces against uh, Cao Cao, who's this other guy who has the emperor under his finger and uh long story short is able to defeat him in a crazy naval battle mm-hmm. um there's also Liu Bei's strategist strategist Zhuge Liang who's there in the background as well and he's and he's hanging out for a bit of it as well who's referred to as Kong Ming I forgot that the movie does that <laughs> there's a thing in uh Chinese uh culture and and nomenclature uh, I don't know if it's still carried to today but fun fact there is um I believe it's called like uh, something along the lines of like familial or like familiar name or like courtesy name or something. And so they use everybody's formal names except for Kong Ming, mm-hmm. which is an interesting take. But I guess he's more colloquially huh. known as Kong Ming in China. That's my assumption. The, I think the colloquials is actually a very, very good launching off point into. Uh, I think that this was a massively different experience for Chinese audiences. I mean, obviously the movie yeah. was made for them, but also there were quite a few story points just because I'm not familiar that with the story. That assumed for you to already kind of know. Exactly. And the, and I kind of saw a similar thing in Dynasty Warriors, the movie. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, that, and at first I was kind of like, well, why would you assume that I knew? But then I realized this would be the same thing as them writing something that was like a play on, you know, the American Revolution, like, we yeah. all know who George Washington is. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't. We don't need that. Yeah, sort we don't of need that again. Well, what's doubly interesting, and I guess I'm revealing this information to you for the first time, is that the version I assume that we both watched was actually a cut down version. So outside of China was around a two hour thirty minute movie. Um, that is a much more palatable experience, and the pace is like on point for the most part. There's always yeah. something going on, which is really impressive. It is a brisk, brisk two two and a half yeah two and a half two and a half hours. The original theatrical release is actually two separate movies that are about two and a half hours each. Uh huh. I remember so seeing there is basically the option, half yeah. of this movie that was cut. Wow. So we, I mean, we saw the cut. So we didn't version. just see part one. We saw the part, part one and, two and part two cut down to this. Exactly. Wow. Which is who did the cutting? So impressive. I th- I'm sure John Wu okay. some somewhere along the line, or Good. like he was involved in the cutting process. Because I mean, like, even though Romance of the Three Kingdoms is known as one of like these sort of pinnacle pieces of Eastern literature. It is so, I mean, quite literally foreign to uh-huh. really most people outside of uh, East Asia. And uh, and so it was definitely uh, the right move and the right call to cut down this movie tremendously because I even I wouldn't want to sit through four to five hours of these events, even though that'd be super-duper interesting, but it was such a very good call to, like, take literally half of it out not and also make a tremendously impressive cut of the film 
and then give it to Western audiences. And it's like, hey, this is uh, my interpretation of the storytelling of these events. Here you go. And yeah. it actually leads to a very impressive movie. To me, honestly, doubly so when you think about half of it was cut. And I, at least for me, I you can't tell that half of it was cut. Uh-huh. It It's so well put together. I, I would agree with that. Tremendously I definitely did not know it was, it was mostly cut. Yeah. Um, would you say that you're a John Woo fan? You know, what's funny is that I don't think I've seen a John Woo movie outside of Red Cliff. Yes, oh, uh, I, I, I feel like somebody is knocking at the door at the moment, probably with uh, bows and arrows and shotguns, and it's going to point it at me and say, wait a second, you haven't seen Face Off or Mission Impossible 2? And to that, I say, I'm sorry. Yes, well, I, I, I haven't. I'm sorry. I haven't. Um, but but, it, but I've always wanted like, to. But, and uh, I've yeah. always known of John Woo, and I've that's always known him being an like action known. director. You know, yeah. like it, that's that's a name that has been carried for decades. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, what what is your experience with John Woo? Is, oh, is it not a much. similar? I, uh, one? I'm. I I started going through his filmography, and I did not recognize most of it. I mean, most of it. But did you it know the name overseas. John Woo yeah. prior to the conception of this film? Yeah, purely and just like you said, uh, I really only knew him in terms of uh, I knew that he was some sort of action movie director. Period. Yeah, um, that he is very famous for um, making really action-packed movies, but ones that don't feel like they dawdle, like very to-the-point action movies. Yeah. Um, uh, similar to like uh, a Michael Bay, mm-hmm. um, but uh, like higher end. I mean, but I mean, what was so wonderful to me about this movie, and we're going to get into a bit of um, like what you thought about it and how easy it was for you to follow. But uh, what was such a treat for me watching this film, and I don't think I've seen this in a long time. It's the enjoyment of those actors doing that fight choreography. Yeah. There was such a sense of being alive in the moment uh, for these actors, for those characters, that it felt like there was still storytelling that was going on through the actors' performance outside of the fight itself. Does it make sense? Like, not just in the hand-to-hand, but it's also... I mean, it's something as simple as how, like, the actors emoting and sort of, in a way, like, listening, quote-unquote, to what's being given to them. And actually, like, physically responding, not just as part of the fight choreography, but as part of the character in that space, right? Uh, uh-huh. And so, like, there were so many moments uh, throughout the film where the character of Zhao Yun, who was played by Jun Hu did a fantastic job um, just being alive in those moments as opposed to just hitting the mark, right? Where I feel like we are so, we are so used to fight choreography being about just hitting the mark and making it look cool as opposed to using it for character building and storytelling moments. That when those moments happen in Western films, there's like, whoa, that really that really struck a chord with me. But that happens all the time, or at least in my understanding, primarily with uh like Chinese action films. I mean, of course, like 
Jackie Chan is the poster child yeah. of that, right? Of being alive in the space during fight choreography, yeah. right? Like yeah. being alive as a character and actually and actually responding to what's being given to them. That it was such a treat to watch that in the film in front of me. So I just wanted to lay that down as well. Yeah, like, it was one of my favorite parts well, about this movie. It also kind of reminds me of sort of the downfalls of fight choreography in America, specifically yeah. in American theater that we've seen, which is uh, it's extremely safe now. Uh, there is it's, – it's very step-by-step, step, go through the process, make sure it's the exact same thing every single time, don't change anything, don't throw a punch any harder or softer or don't take any breath anywhere, like make sure it's the same timing, everything's the exact same, and that's what makes it so safe – at the same time, that is kind of the thing that holds it back, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that, uh, and I and I know this because I I lived it, and I'm sure you did too. A lot a lot of people that do fight choreography, especially like early college, late high school, whenever you are kind of starting to really get a firm grasp of character and moments, and trying to figure out how to you know fully extend your knowledge and and really hair about the scene whenever you try to take that into fight choreography you're you're really shot down pretty fast and at first it's frustrating uh did this happen to me oh um multiple times not like, multiple times necessarily okay. but uh i i can think of one instance in particular where i'm performing fight choreography and me and the person across from me start to throw punches that are a little harder than they usually are, which means they're getting blocked a little harder than they usually are, and it's just like a, an overall more violent fight. It looks better. It felt better for the two of us. Yeah. Um, we used stabs halfway through the, through the thing, but the problem is is that it looked dangerous, and the teacher told us to stop because it looks dangerous. Now, hold on. Let's break this down a little bit because I think this is probably just the case with the uh, teacher that we had, which let's just leave them unnamed just for – Sure. Uh, just – I mean just yeah, – Oh, just, got it. I know where you're going now. Okay. Yeah. Well, but be, like that may also be the case. Now, it's also really important to be safe during fight choreography and like during stunts. There are these horror stories of actors dying because of stunt. I know I went to the, you know, the, the of course, the deepest end that actors die. But actors have died um, doing these stunts. Yep. Uh, I don't want to, uh, ooh, I, I'm going to want to look it up. But there may have been one for this film as well. And that's the thing, right? But, 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 and then there are also plenty of action films, primarily Eastern action films whether that is india or china where or even korea where the choreography uh is actually like hand to hand like they're not like pulling any punches like they're trying to get that desired effect which is incredibly dangerous and hopefully i also did not kill uh a stunt you know person in this film did i kill a stunt person no no ready for this yeah uh stuntman died six crew members were injured uh in a fire um, the in, the accident occurred while a scene was being shot that involved a burning ship crashing into another ship. Yeah, so this is a thing. Because they were using real and fire. So, but, like, it's, it, I don't want to give the notion, and I don't think you were trying to give this notion either, of, like, choreography is too safe. And it's no. like, no, it's not necessarily that. No. But w what I am parsing right now from what you uh, gave to me is that 
um, it didn't feel like you were allowed to have those storytelling moments within the fight and like be truthful to the character in those moments. Uh-huh. Um, There's a and it was just a matter of like, and of course, part of it is like teaching you to do the fight safely so nobody gets hurt. Absolutely, right? but it's also trying to you know portray the character in the fight as opposed to like okay now i'm in a fight i think as was, opposed to like i am portraying a character in this fight go ahead Sorry. I, no no I, I think it was perfectly justified for the teacher to have stopped us but it is more like uh i saw a certain a certain freedom and agency in these actors performances that i've never felt doing fight choreography mm-hmm. no matter how many times i've tried but i mean we also got to understand that they're like, masters they're yeah they they Day and night doing this. This is also with fight choreographers who've been doing this for for years and years. And we're talking like intensive stuff, right? Like it's not akin to the teacher that we had that like Mm -hmm. he was just a professor for a long time. And he knows his stuff, but like it's it's very, very different to what they do. Yeah. Right. And it's it's and even like it's probably even down to like the work culture of it. And the approach of, like, how they treat fight choreography as part of the storytelling as opposed to how we treat it here that, like, yeah, it's part of the storytelling, but it, it for a lot of people, it's, like, in their minds, it's completely devoid and it's completely separate from the storytelling and it's, like, its own little beat as opposed to being one more fluid motion for, like, characters to connect uh-huh. and stuff like that. So, I mean, it is a very, very tricky thing to nail, you know, so uh, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay that. Uh, uh, a question that kind of delineates. Let's say that you're a director, Danny. Okay. He says, "I hate this already." Um, let's say you're a director, and you find out that one of your actors specifically hurts themselves before they go on stage, just like you know, maybe like plucking a piece of hair or like digging their nails into their hands or something like that before they go on stage to rev themselves up or. Or, and this is a very popular one. Can I just stop you? Yeah. They're not a good actor. I agree. But do you let them, if you're the director? No. You say, if stop find, that. Yeah. Find a different way <laughs> to to get there. Find yeah. a healthier way to get there. How many times have you heard an actor say something along the lines of, nobody like, really slap me. Nobody like, really punch me. That's like common. That's fucking common. I know it is, and it's kind yeah. of foolish. Because yeah, I agree. And, and, like, I understand because the idea is that, like, you're actually getting something that you're physically and actually responding yeah. to, which is good. And which yeah. is, like, But, like, if it's at the cost of, like, our own health, it's not that important. Agreed. Or at least maybe in my experience of theater these past uh, decade or so, at least for theater, it's not that important. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like theater, theater can be amazing and can be life changing, uh-huh. but it's never important enough for you to physically harm yourself. Yeah, there. Uh, yes, and like if it happens by accident in a stunt, then sure. Uh, and like, and so, like I said, there are plenty of stunts that happen for other films that it's literally contact is being made a kick is literally being delivered across somebody's face like that's in order for that shot right yeah and so like if i'm the director i wouldn't do that but if they wanted to do that i i can't i can't like i can't i can't be the arbiter of justice in this regard you know like that's that's, that was their choice and they were 
more than no, willing no, to make it's your that, fault. You know. It's just, do you allow it to keep happening? If, if, the actress specifically wants to. But you're, right. yeah. oh, you're, you're also asking me a different question when it comes to like trying to elicit a, a specific performance like every night or something as opposed right. to like That's not we're trying to get thing. this one shot. True. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, would you be more prone to say that it's okay if you knew that it was just for one shot in the film? I feel like I, I mean, a I, 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 I don't would, mean to Would you. I be more prone to? Yes. yes. Would I still say no? Also, yes. Also, yes. Um, I, I can't get over how how much I loved your response. Can I stop you right there? They're a bad actor. I agree. I totally agree. So, um, Mac. Yeah. A perfect segue. Yeah. No, it's not. And <laughs> um, to segue into uh, the discussion of this film. So, once again, this is your second dive yeah. into the Three Kingdoms period. Yeah. Uh, and once again, this is a film of story and events that Mac has very little to absolutely no knowledge of. True. And this is another case of, I have a pretty good handle of like what happens. And at least like yep. when I started this film and this is the second time I've seen this film, but even the first time when I started this film, I was like, I know what happens in the end. So just even by that nature. And I know the character is like, Oh, this is pretty easy to follow. So then I'm curious for you, Mac. Was this an easy film for you to follow? Were you able to track the characters, their motivations, the storytelling, the main events, the big plot points, the beats, what was going on, like, and the action throughout the film? Was it easy for you to track within that storytelling? I, I want to start this off by saying this was incredibly impressive, especially in comparison to... Um, Dynasty Warriors. This was... Which is so unfair for this, for this movie because they're so trying I to know. do two different things. I know, I know, I know. It's just that I can't help but compare the two because we've put them next to each other. Yeah. That it's... I mean, j- just in terms of production. Yeah. Uh, clearly a higher budget on this one. The one's a lot of CGI in this one. is like they are oh doing Oh my God. I mean, crazy, well, I mean, there's still shit. CGI in this one. But, yeah, but it's not, like... I think the amount of extras that they yeah. had was crazy. There right. are these like it, it's like vast expanses of like armies that you see in the distance, yeah. and it's like I don't think that's CGI because the CGI that you can see in this movie, you can see it. Don't fucking get me wrong. It's but there, but there's there are like multiple scenes that's like hundreds of people. Yeah, there is. Um, it's great. A uh, there is a film director that works for the L.A. Times. Named Kenneth, I can't remember his last freaking name. That's a weird um, last name that you just gave to me. Kenneth, I can't remember his last name. That's very, very um, strange. And he was talking about how uh, the main thing that makes this movie so impressive yeah. is that it is, uh, it's made like an old movie. It's in made yeah. like an old, an old action movie specifically in that there are, the stunts are real. Um, they actually pull the things off. There are in a an unlimited, seemingly unlimited amount of actors. Yeah. Um, and that that in that regard, this movie is absolutely breathtaking. It's such a clear, like, sort of like passion project. Yeah. As well. Yeah. You know, there's so much heart, not only in the direction of this movie, but for the actors that are in it. Like, it's it's, it's difficult to articulate, but I think it's like you know it when you see it. Uh. <laughs> at least for this that like 
they're the actors so enjoy doing this movie. Yeah. Or at least that's what I tell myself. But it looked like they just had a great like, time doing this film. Kenneth Turin, that's his name. Okay. Um it closed the loop. Thank you. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I would say that if I was to really sum up how well I was able to track the story, yeah. I would say I guess I mean, did you have questions at the end? Of this film, or like I was confused about this, I was confused about that. This is where it gets rough. Is that I have a hard time with even questions because okay. this movie was awesome to look at, and I Visually, had a really good time looking at this movie. Yeah, I mean, and like shot for shot. It is It is so... I mean, even at the beginning of the film where you see hundreds of people who are peasants and they're, like, trying to get away and then you have this big army scene and then what it is is that uh, the shieldsmen, they flip the shields to be, like, reflecting the sun and then a bunch of horses fall over. Like, it's like... That's how the movie starts. Right. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Um, whenever uh, arrows start going in the ship, in the, in the boat... And then it starts tipping over because there's so many yeah, arrows. Yeah, because they, they strap the ship with hay. And, yeah. And so it, the arrows awesome. just stick to it to, in order to collect arrows, which is just the cleverest so, yeah, thing. So I smart. love that. The, um, uh, <laughs> that's so good. Uh, now, the, like I said, the moments of this movie were clear. Yeah. But just because I think of the lore... And also because they assumed... I also love how you use the word lore. Keep going, keep going. I know, keep because going. of the history. Sorry. It's history, I know. Yeah. Um, because of the history, as well as the fact that a lot of people already knew it. Yeah. Names kind of came at me at the same pace as the Old Testament. Meaning that uh, <laughs> it was just like names on names on names on names on names of yeah. people that were only kind of important. And so I had a hard time figuring out what names I was supposed to remember because mm. they're not normal names I'm used to, uh, yeah. American-ish names. Yeah. It was difficult for me to really uh, – to or, or I mean, to track. Yeah. To track yeah. just like – Because I really had to think like, about oh, people's that names in order to remember them. It's like, yeah. oh, shoot, uh, like that guy with like the long beard. Oh, that guy with a scruffy beard. Oh, right. that guy with the really mean eyebrows. And yeah. so where, whereas in Dynasty Warriors, there were v- – there was a lot less dialogue. Like mm-hmm. people didn't talk as much as just like, like lines happened in, but it was almost like a musical. Honestly, <laughs> dynasty warriors was like a fucking musical in that. Are they only said lines really to get excited. you to the next song? No, I'm actually really excited. I, you're about absolutely this. correct. Like dynasty warriors did. It was just scenes were just there to get to the next fight. Fight. fight yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And red cliff. That was not the case. It, correct. It actually was. They there was a lot of storytelling. There was in between the fight choreography that even though the fight choreography like and all of that like held on its own and was uh-huh. so impressive on its own. I mean, we're talking like at the final battle, it's like 30 plus minutes of action. Yeah. And you know, it does not stop. Like it. And it does not stop no, period. No. And, but the then only but then per- the scenes themselves are still meaty and full of tension and full of stakes. Yeah. The only person that I can relate this to, like I said, is in transformers. When I know when you're in the final battle sequence and you get eight or nine minutes through the final battle sequence and you're like, we still fighting this thing? Like, is it still happening? Holy shit, this is the longest battle I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, it, it does happen for a long time, but I never questioned how long it took. But but I think like, I mean, but the big difference 
for that. I mean, Transformers. Yeah. This is that like you know the scope of this is ginormous. Like yeah. they're constantly showing you throughout the film, like the massive fleet that's at the cliff. You know what I'm saying? True. And like true. the and they're and they also talk about like the number of soldiers yeah. as well. Like it's like it's. What the hell was that? You hit the microphone. I mean, absolute party. The foul. loudest little bong. Yeah, yeah. the lot. Yeah. Loudest um, <laughs> but it's constantly being showed to you and ramped up throughout the movie. Like it's like it's leading to this moment. Yeah. Once, like the first half of the movie ends, the entire second half is devoted to ramping up to the final climactic battle, and it's done almost perfectly. I I would like to talk about pacing. Uh, whenever we get back from a word from our sponsor. Cool. And we're back. Oh, I like that. I liked that intro, Danny Lavelle. That yeah, was good. Yeah, well, cute. it was a visual bit, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, he, he, for people on the podcast, he, he just I put should... his notes down. That was it. It was cute. It was a cute little, little ditty. Um, well, because I knew and I, if you're only listening via Spotify or Apple Music, uh, get your butt over to podcast, YouTube. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. You get your butt over to YouTube because there's some cool shit happening over there with the artenders. You better. You better. I'm, I'm going to plug our shit mid-podcast. Beginning and fuck you. Mid. It's the same product. <laughs> it's the same. Okay. It's the same content idea-wise. But you get to watch us, and that's all the better. Our goofy-ass voices make a little more sense when you see our goofy-ass faces. Anyways. Um, sure. What I wanted to pick up on was this. Uh, this movie, <laughs> the segue. This movie was uh, a good looker. Yeah. Um, like I said, because there are so many scenes now, mm-hmm. we're getting a lot more backstory that is uh, auditory. There's a lot less showing me what happened or just showing me enough of what happened to get to the next fight scene and a lot more of telling me a bunch of names of people that I don't know who to assign those names to. And also I don't know like what a name what a name means. It's fast. It's it's fast in that regard. Yeah. Like I think like um sort of textually like in terms of the story it, it I mean of course the pacing is still pretty fast but like I don't think it's um, too fast as a story to follow. Like it was, it was probably yeah. too fast for you in terms of the characters and yeah. the roles that they played. But I don't think it was too fast. Like if you if you're just if you take the names out of it, if you just have the names of like Dave and Kevin, you know, like yes, if, then it would be you, super easy to follow. Yeah, you're exactly um, right. But like this, but the story itself, the pacing, I think, is <laughs> honestly immaculate. Uh huh. Um, and, and it's not afraid to take its time and, and really breathe in some of those scenes. I think a, a great example is when, uh, Zhou Yu goes and, you know, fixes the flute for this boy. Uh, and that's our first introduction to him, but it's like, a, it's such a quiet scene and it's a pretty long scene and it's like, we're going to take our time with this character and we're going to let this character breathe in this space and just be yeah. right. And, and there are other parts of the movie where it's just like, all right, the information though is going to be snappy. We're not, we're not going to dawdle too long in terms yeah. of information, which I imagine for you made it trickier for 
consumption? Is that like a like that, a safe that's thing a very, to ascertain? That's a very, very, very safe thing to ascertain. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, that like information was more just like kind of like thrown out there and thrown to the side as opposed to like this is super duper critical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so as someone that is uh, very familiar with uh, the Three Kingdoms, with the Han Dynasty, with uh, all the history of that period, sure. or, or at least a person that's very familiar with the Dynasty Warriors video game and the... Uh, the interpretation of those events, yes. Yes. Sure. Um, how did you feel this lived up? Because it seems like there were a lot of people that who, whose qualm with the movie is that it had a lot of, it took a lot of freedom in terms of how the characters were uh, handled. I'm wondering how you felt if there were any characters specifically that you thought to yourself, uh, that's not what that character's supposed to look like, or that's not that's not the tone that I got from that person at all. This is a topic that I primarily wanted to discuss for this episode, and I am happy that we are here Good. at this juncture. So what John Woo decides to do for this film is add this very, very critical love plot to this film. In the story of this film... Critical in that it's important to this film or critical that in that it's important to the actual stories? That's important to this film. Okay. The, what I'm about to describe to you is not the case in the novel and to our knowledge not the case in the original course of events in history uh-huh. in the course of this movie it is described to you that the villain Cao Cao uh-huh. uh, who is pronounced by the English narrator in the beginning of the film like Chow Chow I think um, <laughs> but I'm going to keep saying Cao Cao yeah. it is described to you sort of like halfway through the film that the reason why he's going to war against Liu Bei is and Sun Chuan is because he wants to bang Zhou Yu's wife Xiao Chiao. Uh-huh. Not the case. <laughs> Anywhere else. Um that is such a significant part to his character. Yeah. And so and like a big what, what, detriment and like a big like his hubris at the end was being entranced by this woman and that causes his downfall at the yeah. very end of the film. She is such a small part in the novel. Uh-huh. I mean like such a small part that Mac her real name is not Xiao Chiao. Xiao means like younger. So she is the younger Chiao sister. Yes. Wow. That's how like little we just kind of know that she was beautiful and that's kind of it. And she was married wow. to Zhou Yu. They had a few kids and that was kind of it. And was so she, was she discussed in in uh the Dynasty Wars movie? Yeah, uh it, she was not discussed in Dynasty Wars movie because there are the most important characters in Red Cliff are not or I should say Zhou Yu was not present in Dynasty Warriors, the oh, movie, right, so therefore, the, Xiao Chiao would not be. Uh, Xiao Chiao, though, funnily enough, is a character in the Dynasty Warriors series. Um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she uses these, like, twin fans, and that's how she fights. Oh, so she's actually one of the fighters? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, which is which is kind of funny to think about. Yeah. But, um, so, John Woo adds this whole entire love story plot that is not present in history, to our knowledge, or in the novels. So he takes a lot of that sort of dramatic storytelling liberty in order to make it more palatable just to today's audiences in general. And he found it to be much more compelling 
for these characters to be in this situation if like some matter of love is involved as opposed to like i just want to conquer china i just i just want power which was the actual reason yeah which is like from my understanding and I'm, uh, I guess I am putting words in his mouth. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm no, I'm, I'm totally doing this. Um, so I guess John, if I'm wrong, then you let me know. What are you doing with your gain? What are you doing with your gain? Just a tiny bit. I'm, I can barely see my little waves. Go the, ahead. Don't worry about your waves. Turn it back down. Okay, go ahead. My go goodness. Ahead. I was just, I'm just trying. I'm just worried to, about his waves. Trying to be on your, on your level. I, sh- trust me. Okay, I, I buy it. You'll be okay. I buy it. Go ahead. I, oh my goodness. Okay, so but John Wu's idea was to make it more palatable because it's hard for most people to properly articulate and identify with such grand ambition as conquering an entire country. You're putting words in a living person's mouth. Yes. I thought you were going to start putting words in like one of the characters' mouths. No. Okay. Um but that I mean that but, makes but, sense. But it's, but it's hard for like us to be interested in like or like understand Cao Cao's motivation because like him just wanting to conquer the land is such a such a concept that is hard for us to articulate and hard for us to even remotely identify with that if he's intensely in love with a woman and of course like i mean regardless in both facets and like he's portrayed as a villain like he'd be wrong in this case but like at least with one of those there it's much more identifiable uh-huh it's much more relatable in that regard you and I, we don't know anybody personally that wants to conquer an entire nation and unite it under his banner. I beg to differ. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. But we know multiple people who yeah. are deeply in love with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Doesn't matter who. That makes and sense. So that's that's the big thing that John Wu does in his film. So I wanted to ask you, just purely looking at the uh, and of course, this is like your only uh, sort of uh, exposure to the story, but just purely looking at the romance storytelling, the romance sort of uh, a plot to this film involving Zhou Yu, Xiao Chao, and Cao Cao, do you think that aided in the storytelling of this film? And I guess more specifically, did you enjoy like the time that this film took? telling that part of the story was it was it a good part of the film did it feel out of place like what i guess what was your attitude towards that huge plot for the film i did not have any qualms with it purely Mm -hmm. because uh whenever i'm looking at this i mean i even said the word lore earlier that i i have so phenomenally little knowledge of the actual history of it to where I'm sure a lot of the reason that people have a problem with it, especially people in actual China have a problem with it, is because it it is a departure from history. It's not just a matter of uh it's not just a matter of, of, of these like crazy stories to these people. Well it's a fine that it's a departure from history because the novel itself is already a departure from history. Right, right. But it's like you said, it's not that they're making up facts, it's that they are uh taking Taking stories and ex- and blowing them up to make them more grandiose, right? Let me let me use a similar example. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, similar in in the vein of it, but like when Marvel movies do something that's completely different to what goes on in the comics, 
you know. And then there are some people that are like, you massacred this character. Right, right. But the comics weren't based off of an actual guy named Clark Kent. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's what I mean. It, 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 it's not as much that they it, that it's departing from the novel, the romance. I mean, of but it's also like this. I mean, but this is sort of thing. Like, I mean, these are millennia. I mean, almost two thousand years ago. Sure. Like, I don't think anybody cares about like historical accuracy for these people. I think right. they're much more interested so, okay, in the, in the accuracy to the novel. You know, here's a good example. So, no one is pissed that. Hamilton is having all of these uh, American historical figures rap, even though they clearly didn't rap. Right. Right. But people might be pissed if all of a sudden they just start changing what actually happened in history. I guess. And I guess it's also like the presentation of it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like you they, have, they, a they movie, don't ever attempt to make any sort of historical. You have a movie that's about the events at Red Cliff. Yeah. Right. Um, and I feel like going into it, you're like, this is going to be about the events of Red Cliff, and then it takes dramatic liberties, right? Well, I mean, but then it's like Hamilton, but then you know it's a musical, so I don't know. I mean, these are two different examples. I'm it, really drowning in the weeds here. No, no, it's okay. It, it, it's more like, I, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, there is a way of being grandiose without changing history, uh, and I feel like the romance of the Three Kingdoms, of the three kingdoms probably did that. Yeah, they, they did. I mean, I mean, there were characters added. There was, I mean, different people did different things. Yeah, I mean, yes. yes I but see. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. But like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I guess like what has been retained more is the novel. The novel, not the actual the history. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So saying, so saying, okay. so saying, history is like a weird thing gotcha. because like, I think, for example, like Guan Yu is commonly depicted as the god of war. I think partially so, because of the events in history, but mostly I think so because people, of the novel. You think people in China would be more, more put off by the departure from the novel than departure from any history? Hundred percent. Just, gotcha. just a, this is going to mean nothing to you, or maybe I'm gonna, but I'm gonna try. Um. So remember in Dynasty Warriors the oh, movie. Okay. Remember Hua Xiong. Remember the guy and like the end of like the second act who was like murking dudes left and right and was cutting off their heads and their heads went two miles. Yeah. Up into the mountain. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. And so Guan Yu killed that guy. Yeah. That's what happens in the novel. That's not what happens in the history. Some other dude kills that guy. Right. So I mean it's something as simple as that. Right. So it, like I mean. It's already there's already been dramatic storytelling that's done for like Luo Guanzhong for whatever reason I don't think anybody knows why uh, loved Liu Bei and so the novels was mostly about Liu Bei is the best and Cao Cao is the absolute worst when yeah. like history is a little bit more nuanced yeah in that regard um it, in that way then I I I definitely didn't have any problem with it yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that there was a little bit added. Um, in that it followed, and I hate to use the word classic here, but classic action movie structure. Um, yeah. John Woo, I mean, really they got did. him because really they're not, he's not like this fantastic traditional Chinese director. They got him because he is a really famous action movie director. That's how we know him. That's probably how the, these Chinese producers know him yeah. as a. I mean, he's done Chinese action films too. I mean, this was the first right. one that he did in like I think like over a decade or so. But but specifically but, action, not like yeah. this like dramatic, amazing thing. So a very common thing in action movies, and I'm sure that he uses. I can't think of a single action movie 
um, successful action movie that does not have some sort of romance in it. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I guess you can say Predator. Dynasty Warriors is a what? Predator. You're welcome. Goodbye. You don't <laughs> think that it's about Arnold Schwarzenegger's love with the Predator. With, with Carl Weathers? <laughs> with Carl Weathers. Um Sure, sure. Sorry, we're we're drowning right. in the weeds but, here, but you did not have a problem with No, because the, it felt like it was just a like a regular old It just old felt like it was thing. just part of the story. Yeah, and, and also it didn't because it was two thousand eight, they didn't really have much of a responsibility or they didn't have I, I guess uh as much of a uh pressure or awareness, especially awareness, to really flesh Chow Chow, uh, uh, how do you pronounce it? Xiao. Xiao. Chow. Chow Chow. Yeah, whatever. Keep Chow going. Chow? Uh, no, you got it. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. It, I, I didn't get the cheese. The flesher out. I mean, we, hold on. I mean, but like, perhaps. Yeah, it was 2008. They didn't know. But it's also like, it's not, there's also not an uh-huh. excuse, but it's also like, it's also right. a different culture. Like, we don't, we don't know the specifics of that. Right, right. But I, I, I just mean that, uh, in like for instance, like you said, you compared it to like a Marvel movie, and it probably did have like a similar, uh, like like a comparable budget and comparable audience reach as as uh, Marvel movies do nowadays. That uh, they would be fully aware that they that they should be trying to flesh out all their characters, especially yeah. uh, female characters. Let's also keep in mind. Remember, we saw essentially half. Of right. the of the right, full right. story that John Woo told, then in this cutting, um, yeah, she did feel more like a a reward than and, and like a plot device, yeah, yeah. Um, so it to... it didn't bother me because it it wasn't even though it was like a central part of the plot, it wasn't what really what I was focusing on. Yeah, like I said, I was just like man this is a really pretty looking scene to be even more specific like xiao xiao is like the most important uh female in that film and the much more interesting one is uh sun chuan's younger sister i know i'm just throwing names at you but sun chuan's younger sister sun shang shang who uh invades uh, the enemy camp and gets like a map of their uh played by xiao wei fleet. yeah 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 that was I, I sorry, I had to look at her picture. Yes, I completely agree with you. And also acted really well as well. She was just like a joy to watch whenever she was on screen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and much more interesting character where it just feel like Xiao Chao was like you're the love interest and that's kind of it. And like you're gonna have this really cool scene at the end where uh, you deceive Cao Cao, but that's kind of all. I mean, like you're not gonna. You're just kind of kind of sit there and uh be you know other people's love interest yeah okay i i do have a question for you as like for you specifically david bell yeah um and that is you are an actor nice you are also a voice actor i'm trying yeah and and those although related things are two kind of separate things um there, there's definitely a pra- like a, a practice to each of them that that takes its own study. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of uh, sort of um, intersecting things, but then yeah. there are a lot of distinct things when it comes to the uh, technique and skill and craft of both of those. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So I'm wondering, whenever you are watching, let's say that you were watching this for studying purposes, yeah, or because you actually, uh, 
want to try and steal something from it or learn something from it. Uh, are you more interested in listening to the uh, the dubs of these uh, of, of of these movies, or do you want to watch with subtitles because you want to hear the voice of the original actor because it is part of their performance? Are you more tied to the acting of it, or are you more tied to, or are you more interested in what the voice actors, the English dub voice actors, would? Portray? So I had this conversation with my girlfriend, I think like last week or so, and she was also interested in this subject. So I don't, um, I don't want to downplay people who dub live action films. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who love that, and plenty of people who consume that. All the power to them, and um, I good on the actors for you know doing that right and i think it's also an important skill to learn that being said for me personally when i watch a live action film for example you know this one or uh dynasty warriors or even like from from last season you know seven samurai something like that yeah. or siberian lady macbeth i always prefer to watch those in their original languages that's just my personal preference yeah. Uh, when I watch animation or when I play video games, nine times out of ten, I like doing playing them in, or watching them in English. I think it's it's just more interesting to me, I guess, to like consume those uh, in English. That's just a personal thing. I cannot properly articulate as to why. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess part of it is because for live action film, you're getting the actors, like you said, you're getting the actual actor's performance right there in front of you, as opposed to when something is animated, I have to burp. Thank you. And so when something is animated, somebody is like creating that, and then a voice is being supplied, or vice versa, a voice is being supplied, and then somebody else is supplying some some form of animation to it. Yeah. As opposed to, like, the actor is completely in the space and what you see is their face. Except for occasionally some um, um, uh, uh, capture for motion capture work, Mm -hmm. right? So that's just a personal thing? Did you watch this movie in English I started to and then I had to turn it off. This is uh, an experience that I had with this as well as with Squid Game um, that I started this movie for those of you who don't know if maybe you're listening to this episode years down the line squid game is a show on netflix that is really popular right, right now. now in the year 2021 yeah and uh it, it, a korean series that is television series um, yep yeah that 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 uh it's has just really popular right now huge and so something that i'm really finding with squid game is that it's popularly and i mean the internet's talking about it really really poorly dubbed english dubbed mm. um and that if you're watching squid game it, you really do have to keep the subs on because um and i think it really came down to this and i had this experience when watching squid game and also uh um red cliff that it sounded like english actors that were dubbing for anime it didn't it Cause, didn't sound, cause, cause it typically is it's usually the same companies um, and although, like we've seen in plenty of anime shows, that uh, I mean, we 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 reviewed Berserk. Um, yeah, that for instance is really well dubbed because all of the characters. I mean, it's okay to sound animated because it's freaking animated. But those same actors should not be the same actors that are giving similar portrayals 
to live action people. It just sounds inappropriate and strange, and it sounds like they're almost mocking it. Um, and in which we know, like we know they're not. We know they're not. Absolutely, but it it just sounds like uh, such a departure from the actual action and dramatization of the scene that it just feels inappropriate almost. Uh, and like that's perfectly fair. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. And uh, sometimes, like, I want to get as close to like actually watching person's performance. But if if already a sort of medium to the original person's performance is cut, then I'm like, okay, then probably English fits better here for my enjoyment and my experience. And like, typically when I watch anime, I like watching that in English because I feel like I get more as an actor from that. Yeah, you know, um. As opposed, as opposed to it would be a little bit more jarring to watch a foreign film with English dubbing. That's just, but that's just purely personal taste, and I have no judgment to anybody who does otherwise. That's just like that's just how I like to consume my art. Yeah, you know? and and that's just a personal thing. Absolutely. Um, was uh, was there any experience that you had in this movie that you thought to yourself, "I am stealing that." Stealing, yes, like I am in terms of in terms of uh, your job as an actor. I mean, I I think there was I, it was mostly just the the enjoyment that these actors from them had. that you were like I yeah. wish that I could enjoy and it things. was and primarily in the fight scenes and I was kind of like and I was looking at my notes during the break again I was like oh my god like we we only vaguely talked about these fight scenes but they were fantastic really um. I think about the moment at the end with uh, Zhou Yu and Zhao Yun, and they're like back to back, and they're like twenty soldiers around them, and they're like cutting them up, well, like one by one. They're like then they're going back to back, like it's the coolest little thing, and they're like, but they're so alive in the moment, like as characters to each other. And then you have moments where like a spear is thrown through somebody, and then oh, the spear yeah. is like taken out from the other side of their body, uh-huh. and then you have also another one where. Zhao Yun catches a spear in midair and uses it. Like it's like it's it's creativity, but it's it's the enjoyment of the moment of what's going on. And I think it's like to me it's a really nice reminder in this film of like, oh my god. Sometimes this stuff is really fun. This is really yeah. fun. Yeah. And so like not to say that um these actors were not portraying the characters uh faithfully because they were in, you know, life or death situations um but there was a sense of like oh shit this is happening ah you know like there was like that was all there and alive for them and mac welch we are in the the two two minute warning two minute warning baby let's do it all Um, right mac my final thoughts on this film i think this is a great film i do recommend this to other people uh i think maybe i wish like honestly this film had like an intermission or something probably just to separate you know between the two acts but it is jam-packed i think the pacing is excellent definitely watch this to me like with subtitles on and try to keep track of the characters but i think the storytelling is immaculate the fight scenes are great i think the acting i think tony leong we didn't get enough into him gold medal boom tony leong oh wow Uh, quick i think he was just brilliant in this movie and i loved every time he was on screen i think it was a great movie i agree um and it's just a treat to watch through and through and even though it has some hiccups i don't think the love story was that strong um Uh everything else surrounding it was strong enough that i was like i enjoy this movie through and through i would give it a solid b plus b plus for sure i i I go ahead and give it an a minus i was really uh impressed with um the 
the storytelling uh, specifically in terms of the fight sequences. Obviously, that's what John Woo is known for. And I really got a taste of it. I really got a taste of how well he's able to put together a fight sequence um, and just uh, an action movie overall. Um, I think that it, it rightfully deserves to be uh, the highest grossing um movie at the time that it was released uh yeah. beating titanic that was a huge thing in china and so i'm really glad that they were able to get um a chinese produced movie that surpassed an american movie in china in yeah. the mainland china yeah um and uh and i think that it was a, a really good movie culturally and for that reason now uh, and, and i do recommend it now danny what we're going to be viewing uh for next week's podcast me and you are going on a date we're going to go to the movies together. We're going to see something that's in the theaters right now. Huh. Just recently released. A24's new movie, Lamb. Huh? You ever heard of Lamb? No. <laughs> Fucking freaky. You're, it's, it's, I, and whenever I say massively, I mean massively off-putting. 